to, uh, again, hang out with, he's just a guy, just an ordinary guy again. And that, Lord, you're going to do some time with Philip, watch him and observe what's going on. And I, I pray, Lord, that as we look at Philip, we would understand, uh, Lord, that uh, he's just a guy, just an ordinary guy again. And that, Lord, you're going to do some extraordinary stuff through him, just like you desire to do in our lives. So I pray this would be an encouragement for us today. Lord, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on in our lives, that we would see that you want to be involved in us and you want to be involved and use us to do your will in this world. So, Lord, give us ears to hear. And God, make this time profitable so that we could leave here this morning uh, strengthened, edified, built up, to be the people of God that you desire for us to be, that we can go out and affect this generation. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this morning we look at, we look at Philip, and you know he's going to do something that I think a lot of us, really, if we're honest, fear the most. Philip is going to do some one-on-one witnessing. And you know what? We come up with all kinds of excuses why we can't do it, like I don't know enough, or you know I haven't been saved that long, or really haven't been in the Bible, or I really can't articulate what I believe. And we come up with that. Where basically, the probably, if we're really, really, really honest, we dig deep down inside. Our biggest issue is we're just afraid. We're just afraid of rejection. We're afraid of what the person might say. We're just, you know, if we're, if we're honest about that, we can talk about God. So listen, I want to challenge us as we watch Philip just to glean from him and glean what, how Philip handles situations. And we're going to look at maybe even a couple steps that we can do. But here's what I love. There's no, listen, there's no formula for witnessing. You know, I, as, as I've been a Christian, I've seen all of these different programs come and go. I don't know how many of you, how many of you remember Evangelism Explosion? You know, you had that whole thing. You took classes. You learned how to do that. Then you had, how about Bill Bright's Four Spiritual Laws? And you went through that. Or, or you know, the, the Way of the Master with Ray Comfort. There's all kinds of, people try and formulate it. Listen, witnessing needs to be something natural that happens between you and another person. When we try and do the other things, it comes across hokey, doesn't it? Because we're being hokey. Because we're not being ourselves. So listen, as we look at him, one more thing, though, is I think, I think a lot of us, we don't do it because, again, we're afraid of failure. I read this thing. Here's a good thing. There was a, there was a team, and listen, here's, here's what they boasted about. They were undefeated, they were untied, and they had never been scored upon. That's a good record, right? Now they're ready for their first game. Yeah, so, so, you know, here's the thing. That's what a lot of us are doing. We don't want to play the first game. We want to keep our perfect record, right, where it's not touched on. So, so we've got to step out and we've got to do something. And I would pray that we would be more like D.L. Moody. I read a story about D.L. Moody, and he walked up to a guy, and he asked the guy, you know, how, hey, he says, you know what? How is, how's your soul doing? And the guy goes, I don't think it's any of your business, is what he told him. And D.L. Moody answered and said, oh, yes, it is my business. And here's what the guy said, you must be D.L. Moody. Mm. Wouldn't you like to have that reputation? 
That somebody knows because of that? So Philip, let's look at Philip. Let's look here at verse 26. And it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now listen, think about what's happening. Think about where we left off. Some of you think I didn't finish that verse. I'll get there. I didn't want you to finish. That's why I stopped. But listen, we've got to think about what's going on here. Remember where he's at? Do you guys remember where we left off with Philip if you were here last week? If you weren't, we left off, he's in Samaria. It's kind of, you know, north of Jerusalem, kind of in the center of the country, and, and he's up there. And you remember what was happening? A tremendous revival's going on, right? The apostles came, and the people were, listen, the people were baptized in the Spirit, and things are happening, man. I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's like every, I think, pastor's dream. Man, people are getting saved. People are excited about the Lord. You even have help coming in and doing stuff. Now, all of a sudden, God comes to Philip and says, I want you to get up and I want you to leave. Really, Lord? Me? I think, listen, I think in my life, me personally, just making it personal, I think if the Lord spoke that to me, I would, I would have to like, well, I would have to challenge him. I would say, Lord, don't you see what's going on here? Don't you see what's, what's happening here? And I'm kind of the, listen, I'm kind of the, the, the point man for all of this. And, and you're using me and great things are going on. And you just want me to get up. Notice what he says. I just want you to get up and go down to the road to Gaza. That's all, that's all the information he's given. Well, Lord, we've got a great ministry happening here. I'm not sure I should be leaving. I'm not sure you even got the right number. Maybe you were supposed to talk to somebody else, Right? You come up with a lot of things, and, and I think we need to think about that. Now, one more thing, it gets a little bit worse. Luke tells us at the end of verse 26, here's what Luke says, this is the desert. Oh. Some of you have moved here from other places because of the military, and you're knowing exactly what's going on, right? You're not real happy here because you're in the desert. And he says, I want you to go, and I want you to go on this road, and it's going to be in the desert. But God, don't you think a lot of us would make excuses? See, a lot of people want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God for my life. That's probably the number one question I get when I talk to people. I really want to know the will of God for my life. Do you really? That's my, that's my answer to him. Do you really? Because here's what God will do. He'll show you one step at a time. He's not going to give you, listen, he is not going to send you a video of your life for you to approve or disapprove. He's going to give you one step. Take that one step. So first and foremost, I think as people of God, we need to be sensitive to God, sensitive to hearing him. If we would just, if we would just pray that, listen, it's a new year. If that would just be our only prayer for the new year, Lord, make me more sensitive to you that I can hear you. Now you're saying, but an angel came and spoke to him. If an angel came and spoke to me, surely, Pat, I would do that. Liar. <laughs> you have the Word of God in front of you and you don't do it. You have it in print. You can read it every day and we don't do it, right? So listen, listen. He's sensitive to the Spirit and he gets shown one thing. I want you to go down and I want you to go this road. Now this is probably about 90 miles. Oh, and by the way, Jerusalem is in between Gaza and where he's at. 
wouldn't it be better if God would just take one of the apostles and send them from Jerusalem or somebody else from the church in Jerusalem? Listen, Lord, I'm doing a great work here in Samaria. It just got started, man. It's doing great. Go to the road. So listen, you've got to love Philip. First of all, he's sensitive. Secondly, check this out in verse 27. So he arose and went. Wow. So he got up and he went. Quit reading. Look up. We need to understand, listen, that was a huge, huge step, right? And here's what I love about Philip. He doesn't, he doesn't question God. He doesn't argue with God. He doesn't ask God for more information. He doesn't tell God, I'll go if, if this is going to happen, you know. Here's what he does. He just gets up and goes. Number one, you need to be sensitive. Number two, you need to be willing. And here this guy takes off. I, I'm blown away that he just goes. I'm thinking, really? He just, he just left? Yeah. Who's going to take care of everything in Samaria? The church. Who's going to take care of the church? God, because it's his church, right? So listen, he takes off, he goes, and now, now he finds out why. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. So check this out, man. He gets out on this road in the desert. By the way, some scholars say there was the old Gaza, which was inland a little bit, that was more of a deserted place now and then there's newer Gaza that was on the coast and he was out in this older area that's just kind of a deserted road and all of a sudden listen here he is he's going and all of a sudden here comes this entourage you got to understand this guy wasn't just like driving a chariot all by himself did you did you hear who he was he was like the secretary of finances for Ethiopia. He had an important position. Listen, guys with that kind of a position would have traveled with an entourage. His chariot wasn't just a one-man chariot. He had a stretch chariot. <laughs> and it says he's sitting and reading because, listen, he's not like sitting there trying to drive it and read. He's got someone else driving it. He's sitting in the back. He's reading. Now, here's the interesting thing when we look at this guy. Here he is, and what did it say? It says, listen, he's from Ethiopia, North Africa. Listen, not the Ethiopia of today. It would have been a little bit north of the Ethiopia today. But just kind of get a picture of North Africa. And here's this guy. He's from North Africa. He's got a position of power, a position of authority. He's right under the queen. By the way, in this time, during this generation, the king of Ethiopia was thought to be a direct descendant of the sun god, Ra. So he wouldn't do any king stuff. He would just sit around and be God. And the queen would take care of things and kind of run business. And Candace was just the title for her. It's not her personal name. That was just what they called all of the queens of, of Ethiopia. But he's right under her. And it tells us, listen, did you read? It says he went to Jerusalem to worship. That was close to a thousand mile round trip. Now we don't think much of that today, but even in a stretch chariot, it would be a kind of a difficult trip, right? And so he went all the way to Jerusalem to worship. Now here's the strange thing about that if you're familiar with the Old Testament. He's, he's probably not Jewish descent because of this reason. He's a eunuch. A Jew would not allow that to happen to them. How did, he, how did he find out about Judaism? 
How did that get to North Africa? How did that get to Ethiopia? Centuries before, there was this king in Israel. He's pretty famous. Solomon. Do you remember who came and visited Solomon? Hung out with him? Queen of Sheba, right? She hung out with him. And what did it say, man? She was so impressed. And he gave her stuff and she took stuff home. I think, I think she was instrumental in, in getting Judaism kind of broadcast in, in North Africa. And, and you know, and, and uh, I think she had that influence. So you have this eunuch. And now he's gone up to Jerusalem to worship. Probably his very first time ever to be able to do that. He gets to Jerusalem. But then here's the problem. He's a proselyte. Yeah, he'd, he'd converted to Judaism he couldn't go all the way into the temple. Why? Because he was a eunuch. He was emasculated. They, wouldn't, they would only let him go so far. You know, that's a crazy thing about legalism. You can only get so close. You're almost there and, oh, sorry, you're not holy enough. You can come all the way in. What a bummer, huh? Go all those miles, all that way, to try and really meet your God, and they go, oh, you have to stop here. So I don't know, listen, I don't know what that did to his heart, but it is interesting. Then it says he's sitting in his chariot, and what's he doing? It says he's reading, he's reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, we, you guys know they didn't have books back then, right? They had scrolls. Man, that would have been expensive for him. Listen, that wasn't, you, you just didn't, not everybody owned scrolls. Very few people. Number one, they were rare. Number two, they were expensive. And they were even more expensive if you weren't a Jew of Jewish descent. He spent some bucks and he got him a scroll and he's reading Isaiah of all of the things to read. Now, listen, this is totally a divine setup, right? Hey, Philip had no way that he's going to meet some guy driving a chariot reading out of the prophet Isaiah. But God did. Isn't it in Jeremiah that God says, when you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Who's seeking God right now? This eunuch. You know what's sad? We don't even know his name. We should give him a name. I'm kind of bummed, man. I, you know, listen, we're going to have to go to heaven. Eunuch! Eunuch! Hey, you, from Ethiopia. I want to talk to you. Right? We don't even know his name. And yet, God knew him. And God knew him Intimately. And God, listen, God took Philip from a thriving ministry to witness to one guy. That is incredible, isn't it? Isn't that incredible? That's how much God loves the lost. So he's reading in Isaiah. Now that's got to be crazy, right? Hey, we're studying Isaiah on Thursday nights. It's kind of interesting to me as, uh, as I read this. And, you know, then, listen, then it says, it says in, in uh, uh Verse 29, then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot, man. I love that. Hey, go up and overtake the... Really, Lord? So you're telling me I've got to jog with this guy. You've got you to get near him. Hey, you can't witness from a distance, right? Go get near this guy. 
Okay, Lord, I kind of get a picture. Maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of get a picture. He's like jogging along, you know, next to the chariot and, and kind of looking at the guy. And it tells us, listen, as he's jogging along, it says, it says, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. So listen, he heard him because you would read out loud. In that generation, people didn't read to themselves. When you're reading, you read out loud. So he's like jogging and he's going, whoa, and when he gets there. Now, I, I don't think Philip knew till he got there what he was doing, right? Pray not. He's just going along and what is he? He's obedient. Step one, go to the road. Step two, go near the chariot. You've got to take those steps. You've got to do those things. So now he's near the chariot. He hears him reading from the prophet Isaiah. And then step three is this. It's real simple. You've just got to take some initiative, Christian. Right? Listen to what he says. It says, it says uh, then Philip heard him reading from the prophet Isaiah in the middle of verse 30, and he said to him, do you understand what you're reading? Isn't that great? And he says, do you understand what you're reading? Do you know what you're reading? What a great question. You see, I think it's good to question people on where they're at. What's going on in their life? Talk to them. And I think it's great when we can ask a question where they're going to give us a response where we're going to end up getting in a dialogue with them. And it can be simple questions. It doesn't have to be real difficult. And I love this. Notice Philip didn't, didn't approach this guy and go, hey, you know, I am an Old Testament scholar, by the way. And I hear you reading from Isaiah. And I could really give you some help. And he just says, hey, bro, do you, do you even know, do you, do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31, the eunuch said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? You know, I think it's important we promote, and we're promoting right now, reading through the Bible in a year. And, and I just, again, want to encourage us to do that. And, and listen, it's, it's, you'll, you'll never regret it. But, you know, there are some things we're just not going to understand. And, and here's, what, here's what's great. God gives us teachers to help us along to get there. And he says, how could I unless someone guides me? And then he asked Philip, hey, why don't you come up with me and get and sit in the chariot with me? And Philip's going, oh, thank you, man. I'm so tired of running. Oh, I thought you are never going to invite me up there. Wow. What a great opportunity, huh? Now, now he's right there with him. You see, he was obedient to just go to the road. And he's obedient to get next to the chariot. And now look at the door that's open. Hey, why don't you come up and sit in my stretched chariot, right? Man, today, wouldn't that be cool if you were just walking along and a limo goes by? And you hear coming out of the boom box in the back a gospel message and the window goes down. And you say, do you understand what that's saying? No, why don't you come in here and explain it to me? I'd love to, right? I mean, listen, I'd love to. So he gets up in there, and then, and then here's the thing. It says, verse 32, the place in Scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and he who will, and who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. Listen, he's, he's in Isaiah 53. And he's towards the middle of Isaiah 53, but that's incredible. Isaiah 53. What a great place for that guy just happened to be reading there when Philip shows up. 
And then, listen, he's reading that, and the eunuch answered to Philip in verse 34, and he said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Now, for those of us that are familiar with that passage and we're familiar with the Messiah and we understand those things, we're kind of going, well, duh. You've got to understand something in Judaism in that generation. This whole Isaiah passage and every place in Isaiah, Isaiah is the one who really presented the suffering Messiah. And he made it very clear. If you read all of the end of 52 and all of 53, you get the whole picture. But you see, the Jews of that generation, they could not, listen, they could not get it in their head how the Messiah could be conquering and suffering at the same time. That just can't work. It didn't, didn't work in their thought process and in their theology. So here's what they would generally do. This portion of Isaiah, they would say, Isaiah is talking about the nation of Israel is the suffering servant. And then the Messiah comes and delivers the suffering servant. And so they would put themselves there. Or they would say he's talking about himself, Isaiah, as the suffering servant. So now do you get why the guy's asking? Listen, it's not just an off-the-wall question. It's probably what he's been taught. It's probably what he's been told. But as he's reading it, the Spirit of God is impressing on him. There's something more going on here than the nation of Israel or than just the, 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 the prophet Isaiah. So he says, who's he talking about? I want to know. And man, Philip goes, am I glad you asked, right? I'm so glad you asked. So listen, he's going to stay in 53 for a while. But I also think, listen, I put up Isaiah 56 for you guys. You've got to check that out. Check out Isaiah 56 because I'm sure Philip went there. And you're going, what's the big deal about Isaiah 56? Read it and find out. No, I'll tell you a little bit. Isaiah 56 is about God and his relationship to eunuchs. Oh... How strange. So now you guys got to read it, right? Just, I, that's all I'm going to give you, man. It's so good. So listen, you know that, Phil, not while I'm teaching either. <laughs> Mark it down. Read it when you get home. So listen, now, now you got Philip. And listen, the guy asked Philip, and then, and then this is my favorite part, verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at the Scripture, at this Scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Oh, there it is. There it is. You see, it's great. Listen, why do we want you to read from Genesis to Revelation every year? Number one, so we get a whole picture of God. We get the whole counsel of God. We understand who He is and how He works and how He's working in our world. But number two, so we can have a, listen, we can have an understanding of the Word. Because you get the Word in you, then you're able to share and begin with that Scripture and he began to open up the Scripture and he preached Jesus to him, you know what that tells me? Philip was familiar with Isaiah. And he went in and he, what did he do? He didn't use the way of the Master. He didn't use the four spiritual laws. He didn't use evangelism explosion. What did he do? He preached Jesus to him. Wow. Now here's what I know. If you're born again this morning, you can preach Jesus to somebody. Because you can tell somebody what Jesus did in your life. And listen, he began, and he opened things up. So again, I think, you know, the next step is to be determined to share with them and give them Jesus. 
Remember, Jesus, you can tattoo that on you. Jesus, that's what you want to give them. So listen, he preached Jesus to him, and I kind of see this whole thing, man, he opened up. He goes, you know what, I see you're here in Isaiah, but let's back up a little bit. They probably didn't have the verses back then. Scroll up a little bit, let's get up here. Where in, in you know, uh, verse 12 of 52, he starts talking about, about the coming of the Messiah. He starts talking about how he's going to be, uh, how he's going to be beaten and bruised for our iniquities, and, and he goes on and he he shares the whole thing, shares all of this, gives it to the guy, then he goes, oh, skip over to 56, because here's what I want you to see, because this is about you, Mr. Eunuch, and this is how much God loves you. And then listen, listen what happens now. As they went down the road, verse 36, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Don't you love that? Man, listen, I, I think as anybody, it's, it's great, man. Here's what he's saying. I got this. I got it. Thank you for sharing with me. What keeps me from being baptized? You know, it's great when you don't have to tell somebody what to do, right? It's in their heart. God's already set it up. Years ago, I was interviewing a family that was going to uh, put their, their two daughters in our school when we had the school out on Hereford Road. And I was interviewing the family, and I talked to them for a while, and then I began to explain that they needed to be born again, you know, as, as believers sending their daughters. Their daughters needed to be born again because they were in high school. And, and here's what the dad, the dad just stopped me, and he said, well, how do we do that? Can you tell us? I was going, whoa, how often does that happen where somebody says, just lead me? And that whole family got saved in my office that day. And that's what I see with this eunuch. Listen, just here he is. Hey, what keeps me from being baptized? Now, you might say, where did he come up with baptism? Well, if he was a proselyte to Judaism, he was probably not only circumcised, but he was also probably baptized because they would do that. The Jews had a form of baptism that they would do. So listen, he's understanding, hey, what keeps me from being baptized? And now listen, I love this. Then Philip, oh, by the way, some of your translations don't have verse 37. They'll have a footnote maybe. But that's a bummer, man, because verse 37 I think is good. And here's what you'll see in your footnote. It'll say, this is not in some of the oldest manuscripts. And you need to write next to that, I don't care. (laughs) Then Philip said, listen, because there's nothing that doesn't belong here. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Listen, here's what Philip says. He says, what keeps me from being baptized? Here's what Philip says. Hey, if you believe with all your heart, then you can be baptized. You don't have to be baptized, but you can. Don't you love that? Why do you think that little exchange took place? Do you remember what happened in Samaria? You guys who were here last week, remember what happened? Remember the dork? Simon? Remember that guy shows up? He's baptized. He's pretending to be a Christian. So here's what, here's what Philip's doing. I don't, want another, I don't want another Simon on my charts. So here's what he says. You can't just get baptized because everybody else is getting baptized and you think it might be a good idea. That's just called a wet sinner. Listen. He says, you've got to believe to be baptized. Are you picking up on that? Not you've baptized and believe. You've got to believe to be baptized. You've got to believe with all of your heart, he says, and then you can be baptized. And listen to what the eunuch said. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. All of that from one Bible study. Woo! Man, and Philip's going, you got it, bro. So they pull on the brakes, right? 
So, verse 38, So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Man, is that a great story? Is it like phenomenal? Philip, Philip's going, I guess I know why I was here now. By the way, does it kind of freak you out that they're in the desert and all of a sudden they're driving along and there's water enough to get baptized in? That's kind of, that's kind of a God thing, isn't it? God is so cool. So listen, and then it says, now when they came up out of the water, so that's why I, I think there was a lot of water there because it says they came out of it, right? Now check out what happens, man. The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Is that like mind-blowing? Now listen, some people say, well, it just says the Spirit caught him away. It doesn't say how. That's my point. Especially that word. That word in the original language is the same word that's used in Thessalonians about God catching the church away. That harpazio, that word where he's going to catch us away and take us away. I kind of think, think Philip had a little rapture practice. I think it kind of came out of the water and I think Philip just kept going. Now here's what blows my mind. What does this say? And the eunuch went away rejoicing it's kind of it's kind of bizarre he doesn't i wonder where philip went where'd that dude go he shows up on the road and he shows up in my life and he leads me to the lord and now poof he's gone hmm he went away rejoicing do you remember what happened in samaria last week they came to the lord and what did it say joy filled the city this guy comes to the Lord and he's rejoicing. You kind of get the idea that you give your life to Jesus. There's joy. It's different from happiness. Joy. Happiness is based on emotion and circumstances. And joy is deep down inside. And so, man, this guy goes away rejoicing. Philip is caught up. And then it says, look at verse 40. It says, but Philip was found in Azotus. This is about 40 miles away up the coast. Today it would be kind of near Ashdod. So he, he just like carried away to that place. Now some people say, no, he just took off walking. Okay, whatever, you know, if you want to be a bummer. And he shows up, but listen, he shows up and he's found at Azotus. That's why I think he was just like plopped there. Is the way it's worded, he was found there, right? And passing through, he preached in all of the cities till he came to Caesarea. Wow. So here's what Philip did, man. He got, he got, listen, he got excited about this. And from Azotus, he went through and he preached all the way, all the way up to Caesarea, which is about another 35, 40 miles. Now here's the thing. Check your maps out in the back. I'm going to challenge you. Check your maps out in the back and see some of the cities he went through and then check out what we're going to be reading in the book of Acts and what's happened in those cities. And oh, there's Philip. By the way, in Acts chapter 21, it tells us something. Here's what I love. This is years later. Years later. In Acts chapter 21, Paul's getting ready to go back to Jerusalem. Guess who's in Caesarea? Philip. He's still there. And here's what I love about that. His four daughters... We're with him prophesying. 
Wow, good dad, huh? He wasn't just a good evangelist. He was a good dad. And his daughters are, are following Jesus and following the Lord. You've got to love what's happening in this guy's life. So for you and I, listen, all we need to do first and foremost, let's be sensitive to the Spirit. And then let's take that step. You see, the step is the hard part. Maybe the sensitivity can happen. The step is the hard part because it's going to be a step of faith. Listen, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the whole visual, as I said. You've got to take a step of faith. And sometimes it's just a little bitty thing. I remember in my life, when I think about this witnessing and witnessing in general, I remember in my life, I think I'm like everybody else. I'm a little bit shy about witnessing. It's difficult to start a conversation and talk to people. And I remember one time I'm working in my pottery studio, and there was a guy up, kind of up above in the parking lot area, and he was doing some work. And the Lord impressed on me. He says, Pat, I want you to go talk to him. And I said, okay, but I really don't want to. And the Lord just kept impressing, and I said, okay, you know what, Lord? I'm going to keep working, and if he digs from here to here, he was digging a ditch. If he digs from here to here, and when I'm done, then I'll go witness to him. Any of you ever put out fleeces? Never do anything like that, right? So listen, he got from there to there. And then I said, well, that's just a coincidence. And I gave other things, and then I finally got the courage, and I went up, and he was gone. Bummer. What if Philip wouldn't have gone down to that road? What would have happened to the eunuch? I think the same thing that happened to the guy I was supposed to witness to. You see, that night I went to a Bible study, and we're all hanging out, and this friend of mine said, hey, you'll never guess what happened at the Circle K this afternoon. What happened? So-and-so showed up, and I got to lead them to the Lord and share Jesus with them, the guy that the Lord was impressing on me to share with. You see, God's going to get them saved. It's not up to us to get people saved. All we are are just instruments and tools to share. It's up to God to work in their life. By the way, I was pretty torqued. I could have had that joy. And instead, someone else got that joy. So listen, be sensitive, then take a step. Go out on, listen, go get on the road. Now I'm not telling you go like stand on I-10 or something, but you know, get out, go get out, and then listen to God. And you're going to be amazed at what happens. Philip, man, here's the thing. Who's Philip? I, got, I keep going back to that. Who is this guy? He was a guy back in chapter 6 that was full of the Holy Spirit that was chosen to make sure the widows were taken care of. And where does he end up? Huge revival in Samaria. He ends up leading the you know, finance minister of all of Ethiopia to Jesus, who, by the way, it's interesting... You know where the oldest church in Africa is? Ethiopia. Hmm. Think that Ethiopian guy went back and did some stuff? And it sort of blows my mind that North Africa and Africa, the continent of Africa, got the gospel that early on and, you know, had it for all of these centuries. But listen, back to this. Hey, Philip was just a guy 
He was instrumental in that. Then he planted some churches along the way up the coast. And then he ended up in Caesarea. And if you ever go to Israel with us, you'll understand why he stayed in Caesarea. You know, because it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. And he hung out there, raised his family, but he's still busy about the Lord because his four daughters are serving the Lord. And who's Philip? Just a guy. Just like us. No different. So maybe this new year... We can make one resolution. Lord, make me more sensitive. Let me hear your still small voice. Let's stand up and pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the story of Philip.